Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Please take your seats quickly, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. everyone to our 2020 season so far quiz me and kim have been have been testing each other haven't we on atp and wta questions so far so if you haven't listened to part one already it will be on your wherever you're listening on your uh wherever you're listening to us uh but now we're going to be focusing on part two and we've got two more sections to get through and the two sections, the first section, Kim, is going to be on the Australian Open, Davis Cup and Fed Cup. It is indeed. Um, oh, God, I miss the Australian Open, don't you? Those those were the day, the glory days <laughs> of 2020. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Tennis um, round so the yeah, clock and got... now we have nothing. <laughs> So we've got five questions uh, in this uh, in this round. As I said, Australian Open, Davis Cup, and Fed Cup. I will begin, Kim. Uh, so, first question: Which player made the semi-finals for the first time and didn't drop? Uh, uh, sorry, and dropped only one set in doing so against Stan Wawrinka in the quarterfinals. Oh, okay. Uh, semi-finalists. Right. So Djokovic, he played Federer, didn't he, in the semi? Um, who was the other semi? Obviously, Dominic Team against... Who did he play? Um, wasn't Medvedev. Oh, oh no. Okay. Yeah. I remember this now because actually, wasn't the semi-final... <sighs> Was it five sets? I don't know. But um, it's Zverev, is it not? Who actually did something at a Grand Slam for the first time in forever. <laughs> uh, correct. It was Alex Zverev who, yeah, to all of our surprise, he uh, didn't drop a set at all getting to the second week. He actually, as you as you said earlier, he dispatched Rublev. I think that was in the fourth round, um, who was on a win streak. He, he just dispatched him in straight sets. Um and uh, yeah, managed to yeah get to the semi-finals. So Alex Verov, correct answer. Righty ho. Okay, first question for you. Right, which player upset Serena Williams in the third round of the Australian Open this year? Ooh, I remember. I remember when this happened because in like classic uh, UK fan. Um, I woke up in the morning, went on to my ATP. Sorry, I went on to the AO app and looked at the scores. And I just remember looking at that and thinking that must be, that must be a mistake or that must be a glitch. <laughs> but um, I think the answer is, uh, oh, I'm going to, 
I feel like I'm going to say this wrong, but it's Kiang. I think it's Kiang Wang. <laughs> yeah. Wong. Um, you are Apologies, right. Listeners. I, I, I think it's Chong Wong. I think that's how you say it. But I mean, I'm no expert on Chinese pronunciation. But yeah, you are totally right. It's Chong Wong. Six four six seven seven five. She won uh, to avenge her annihilation at the hands of Serena back in at the US Open the year before. So uh, yeah, I think she, that's, what, uh, that's what made it so surprising. I think I know just, no like, one expected remember, that. Yeah, yeah, crazy stuff. But yeah, uh, okay. Uh, next question to you: Which men's doubles team won their maiden Grand Slam title? At the Australian Open. Oh, this was one of the nicest moments of of the year um, in tennis because we had a British Grand Slam champion. Uh, so it was Joe Salisbury and um, Rajiv Ram who won that. And actually, if they hadn't won it, I probably wouldn't have maybe necessarily known this answer. Um, but obviously, because it was Joe, then yeah. It was was Joe and Rajiv. That is correct. It was Joe Salisbury and Rajiv Ram. Um, yeah, one uh, one there uh, inaugural, and hopefully one of one of many to one come. Of many, uh, Grand Slam, yeah, Grand Slam titles. So yeah, Joe Salisbury, Rajiv Ram. Okay, right. Who became the first Arab woman to reach the quarterfinals of a Grand Slam tournament at the Australian Open this year? Yes, I can. I remember this because I think this person beat. I think this person beat Conta in the first round quite easily. I mean, I think it was quite clear that Conta wasn't fully fit, but uh, yeah, this this person did go on a bit of a run. I think the answer is the brilliantly named Ons Yabor. <laughs> yeah, it's a great name. Um, yes, Ons Yabor is correct. Uh, so yeah, she has made history by becoming the first Arab woman to reach the quarters of a slam. And also, I think in the rankings as well, she's made history. But yeah, she, um, she beat Joe Contra in the first round and then ended up losing to Kenin in the quarterfinals. Yes. Okay. Next question. Uh, so uh, another Australian Open question. So apart from Dominic Team, who was the only other player to take a set off Novak Djokovic at the Australian Open? Oh, that's a good question. Right. So Djokovic was pretty dominant as per. Yeah, because obviously the final was five sets. Oh, he lost one in his first round, I'm pretty sure. Um, and then it was sort of plain sailing after that. I think I know this, actually. I wouldn't normally remember who Djokovic played in the first <laughs> round of a Grand Slam, but, uh, to be honest. But maybe I just remember this because probably, you know, we discussed it on our preview pod. Um, it's, uh, I never know quite how to say his name. Jan Leonard Struth? 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 <laughs> I don't know how to say his surname. Jan Leonard Struth. That is correct. Yes, he had a, it was a pretty difficult first round matchup, but after that, it was plain sailing. But yeah, Jan Lennestrif did take a set off uh, Djokovic. Um, and yeah, that was in the, the, the men's first round. Fabulous. Okay, right. My next one for you. This is my last, well, sort of my last AO question for you. Um, right. Garbinia Muguruza lost the first set of her AO campaign to love against Shelby Rogers in the first round. 
What was the scoreline in the next two sets? Uh, okay. Well, if it concerns Muguruza, I'm pretty sure it could be some sort of bonkers, <laughs> bonkers scoreline. Um, she she does have that tendency to almost like flick on, flick off. Uh, so I'm going to say bonkers scoreline. I'm going to say something like six. Uh, sorry, love six, six, uh, six, love six, one. Oh, very, very, very close. Do you want to maybe rephrase it? Okay. <laughs> love six, six, one, six, love. Yeah. There's some symmetry going on. Yeah. yeah it's, a, like, it's a palindromic scoreline, sort of. Well, not quite. <laughs> not quite when it's written, but yeah, you get what I'm saying. Um, yeah, you are correct. Um, I thought I'd be a bit harsh if I didn't kind of give you that point. So yeah, six, love six, one, bonkers scoreline, as she said. But then after that, obviously she went all the way to the final. So a memorable tournament for her. Certainly. Uh, okay, my final Australian Open question to you. So... How many match points did Tennis Sangren have against Roger Federer before losing to him in their match? Oh, that was a tense old match, wasn't it? Um, he had an awful lot. Was it? About, I want to say like nine, but I think that's a bit ridiculous. Definitely wasn't double figures. Seven, eight, nine, six, five. Hmm. Oh, I, I feel like it's. Oh, I don't know. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go for eight, eight match points. Oh, very, very close. It was seven, oh. seven match points. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, enough. I think enough to certainly keep sanguine awake at night um but yeah federer federer managed to find a way i remember listening to that match on radio at work and yeah again i just thought that was absolutely it was one of those matches you'd think was just going to be over in you know under two hours straight <laughs> sets but uh, it just turned to be one of the most dramatic matches of uh, of the tournament so uh, yeah and yeah. i think that came off the back of the milman match if i'm not mistaken um so Federer was definitely providing a oh, lot of, of entertainment. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Joel, I'm going to move on to some Fed Cup action for you now. Fantastic. So, right. Uh, name the doubles team that won the decisive rubber for Team USA in their Fed Cup tie against Latvia in February. So who played in the doubles rubber? Doubles rubber for the United States. Um... God, I feel like there's a lot of players I could choose from. I think the question is, did they like mix and match two really good singles players or did they go with a doubles team? Um, well, it was Serena Williams, maybe? Did Serena Williams play? I feel like she was in the squad, but I could be wrong. Um, and there's Goff and McNally. I know they're a pretty good doubles team. Do they given the responsibility to play the deciding rubber. Um, I'm going to say, yeah, I'm, I'm just going to go. I'm not 100% on this. I'm just going to go with a good, solid doubles team. I'm going to go with Coco Goff and her partner, McNally. Oh, interesting. Okay. Um, they are a very good doubles pairing. I will grant you that. But at Fed Cup level, they probably aren't the number one 
pairing to choose from. Although Coco Goff was was in the squad, I'm, I'm missing someone obvious, aren't I? Yeah, Bethany Mattox Sands and oh, of course, uh, Sophia Kennan. Yeah. You know, uh, oh, yeah, Kennan. Oh, yeah, because right, okay. Kennan and uh, Bethany Mattox Sands have teamed up to play at Slams before now. So Kennan's a pretty nifty doubles player as well. Um, and yeah, they they played that final rubber and beat Ostapenko and Sevastova to to win to win the tie. Okay, okay, uh, right. I've got a Davis Cup question for you now. Um, so of course we've had Davis Cup qualification. So this kind of concerns that five countries are currently set to be making their Davis Cup finals debuts in November. Can you name one of them? Wow. Okay. So five countries are going to be making their Davis Cup debuts this November, if it if it happens. Um, gosh. Okay. So it'd be someone that a team that wasn't there last year. Uh, I want to say someone like Venezuela, but I can't name a single Venezuelan tennis player. <laughs> Where did so, that come from? <laughs> well, you know. Um, gosh. Okay. Oh, I think. Maybe someone like Sweden or Denmark. Um, just trying to think he was there last year. Or possibly who's got sort of fairly decent players that would like carry a team through. Uh, oh, Croatia were there, weren't they, last year? Um, could be someone like po- po- were Poland there last year. Poland, they've got a few decent players, or or Hungary, kind of going Eastern European now. Hungary, oh Hungary, have got Martin Fuksovic, so he's not bad. He probably would have, you know, powered through. Yeah, I'm gonna, oh, I'm gonna, I'll go for Hungary as one of the answers, and maybe like Poland as as another. Uh, I'll give you I'll give you your mark cuz yeah Hungary is oh, okay. uh, is correct oh, Hungary good. is correct if you had said Sweden as well that would have been a correct answer oh, okay um and the three other countries that are set to be making their debuts in November are Austria Czech okay. Republic and Ecuador Oh okay Ecuador oh oh okay I I don't know any Ecuadorian players but that will be interesting. And Dominic Team will be there. Austria. Okay. Fabulous. Right, Joel, just got a Fed Cup question for you now. Who did Harriet Dart narrowly lose to in the second rubber in the Great Britain versus Slovakia tie in February? Oh, good question. I... Oh, I'm... Hmm... I remember <laughs> Harriet Dart was like the MVP for yeah. Britain in that tie. And she did, she did really battle. And uh, yeah, she really impressed me actually. Um, I'm just trying to think who it would have been. Um, Slovakia. Um, God, I'm, I'm really struggling. Um uh, no, I pass. I can't. I can't remember. So it was Victoria Kuzmova. 
It was a really oh, tight match. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it was like 7-5 in the third set. And then I think that basically tired Kuzmova out so much that she couldn't play her next match, which would have been against Heather Watson. So Heather sort of was able to come in and, and then won that rubber. But yeah, uh, Harry Dart was really, really good at uh, at Fed Cup, but couldn't quite overcome Kuzmova. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Total nightmare. Should have, <laughs> I should have known that. I should have known that. Oh well. Uh, okay, right. That's the the end of the round. What are the what are the scores going into the the final round? So that round, I got four and you got three. Uh, so in total, I think I'm on twelve and a half, and you are on nine and a half. I think if my maths is correct. But yeah, final round coming up wild card round of course coming up so i've got again this is going to be five questions i've got three wild cards you've got two wild cards all can change but probably not uh um okay my first wild card for you kim roger federer and rafael nadal set a world record attendance for a tennis match with their exhibition match for africa in johannesburg what was the attendance? And I will be lenient here and say you can be 5,000 either side um, of the uh, attendance that has been bandied about in uh, <laughs> in the press. Okay. Wow. That, okay. Oh, these questions are always quite difficult. I'm trying to make a guess. Um, yeah, it was, it was like the biggest ever attendance, wasn't it, for a tennis match? Uh, it was a massive stadium. I don't know how anyone at the back could have possibly really made out what was going on. I want to say like 90,000. Um, I'm just trying to think of like stadiums and like that's kind of the capacity of Wembley. So I feel like the stadium they played in was pretty hench. Um, but I, I feel like it was more than 90,000. I feel like it was over a hundred thousand. Like I want to say. 110,000 but uh maybe it was like 104,000 mm. oh i'm going to say i'm going to say 105,000 Joel. 105,000 yeah is, is that is that your final answer yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> why are you laughing <laughs> um well I said 5,000 either side. Even if I had said 50,000 either side, (laughs) uh, I think you would have been, uh, yeah, you would have been wrong. Yeah, you're well off. Uh, The correct answer, 51,000. 51? That's not very much. I mean, like it is compared to like Arthur Ashe and Tennis Stadium, but I thought it was going to be like, I thought it was a lot more. Oh, well. Okay, totally out of scope. <laughs> you thought there. it was double, double. Well, that. I don't know. I just thought I'd read that it was like over a hundred thousand people see, watching a tennis match. Can you even imagine that? Well, that would be that would be mad. I would. I'd love that. <laughs> that would be mad. How many okay. stadiums are there? There are over a hundred thousand. Well, as well, that is a oh, that no. is another kettle of fish, <laughs> isn't it? To go into largest stadiums in the world, probably somewhere in China. Um, Right. Okay. I've got a wild card question for you. Uh, it's kind of AO themed as well, to be fair. Um, how much did Nick Kyrgios pledge he would donate to the Bushfire Relief Fund for every ace he hit at the Australian Open? 
And the answer is in Aussie dollars. Um, that is a very good question because everyone, every player was sort of doing their own, their own thing and doing their own pledge. And that was all kind of kickstarted, wasn't it? By Saint Kyrios. Um, <laughs> Saint Kyrios. <laughs> uh, I love let that. Let me, let me think. Um, just thinking how much per ace, because he obviously serves a lot of aces. Um, I don't know. Uh, 20? 20 Aussie dollars? Uh, that feels... Oh, yeah. 20 Aussie dollars per ace. Oh, Joe, that's a bit tight-fisted, isn't it? 20? 20 Aussie <laughs> oh, dollars God. wouldn't even buy oh, you, like, a decent meal. Um, Like, it's 200 Aussie dollars. 200? So oh, my God. out, but... Um... <laughs> I mean, yeah, just multiply your answer by 10. But yeah, it was 200 Aussie dollars per ace. So um, yeah, and actually, I think they did raise a fair amount after everyone's kind of various efforts to uh, contribute. Mm. So Okay, probably, yeah, $20. Oh, God. Okay. Um, (laughs) Right. Next question. Uh, Which former world number 12 announced her intention to come back this season back in October 2019? Oh, okay. So coming back this season. So it's not Kim Clijsters, obviously, because she wasn't world number 12. Um, Oh, I think I think I remember this being I think we did. We did briefly talk about this on the podcast last year. Um. And I remember watching this player when I was younger. Uh, she retired quite a long time ago. Quite young, she retired with injury. Um, is it a French player? I think I think she's French. Uh, Tatiana Golovan? I think it's her. Correct. Hey. It is Golovan. Okay. Um, yeah. So uh, I don't know what I don't know what happened to that comeback, but um, yeah, Kim Kleist is not the only person right now. But yeah, she's. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 2021 will be the comeback, maybe. Uh, okay, right. So my wild card question for you, Joel. This is my last one. Uh, okay. What colour was the dress that Sophia Kennan wore for her post-victory Australian Open celebration pictures on the banks of the River Yarra in Melbourne? What colour was the dress in all those lovely photographs that we we get the day after? Um. Okay. Right, I I'm no fashion expert, but I'm I've and I don't know the answer, so I'm, it is a guess, but it is going to be an educated guess because I'm going to say Australian Open is its branding is all blue, and I'm going to I'm thinking Kenan would have wanted to be on brand, so <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say I'm going to say her dress was blue. So every player always has to dress, you know, as her the yeah, tournament exactly. branding. Exactly. <laughs> Everyone will turn up at the Wimbledon ball in like green and purple. Um, <laughs> well, techni- yeah, okay. I'm going to give you the point because it, it was a shade of blue. Yeah, uh, I didn't actually specify what shade. Like I didn't sort of say, oh, it had to be light blue or whatever. But yeah, it was like a light blue, almost like a silvery blue. Um, but yeah, like a really pale blue. Um, actually, I was looking up the dress because it's quite unique, and it was designed by an Australian, a Maltese Australian designer called Jason Grek. Um, and it, actually, if you look closely, the dress has little like Maltese crosses on it. So I thought that was quite cool. Uh, but yeah, you are you are correct. So one point for you. 
Okay, and the final question for our 2020 season so far, straight end of season quiz. Kim? Mm-hmm. What type of dog did Joe Conta attempt to recreate in her signature bake on Great British Bake Off? <laughs> oh, I just want to eat cake now. Um <laughs> Well, so it was um, the dog that she owns. So uh, she has a, uh, I don't know what the correct, well, yeah, I, I assume it's a correct dog terminology name thing is a, a dachshund, but like it's a sausage dog effectively. I'm, I'm sure that's what she yep. trying to do. That, yep. is, that is correct. Yeah. A, yeah, I would have allowed either to be honest, but yeah, a sausage, sausage dog. um and uh just very quickly as well do you know do you know the name of conta's conta's pet dog i do because doesn't it have its own uh instagram account or twitter account it's bono the dachshund so bono she must be a big Uh, fan that is uh yeah that is correct yeah um yeah okay that was i mean that that is the end of the quiz uh that was 35 questions uh kim i think you're tallying up the scores who who did how well or how well did we not did, did either of us do well i think if my maths is correct i got a total of 14.5 and you got a total of 10.5 so I beat you, Joel. Um, However, I'm sure many of our listeners will probably have trumped us both. Uh, So (laughs) let us know how you did. Uh, Give us a tweet. Send us a message. How did you get on? Um, Hopefully those questions were kind of a mix, a good mixture. And actually, I really like um, doing these quizzes because actually I remember more than I thought I did. And it's a really nice way to kind of, you know, review everything that's happened. And we've actually had some pretty good moments of the season. And although the season is looking like it's going to be a very short one, there are still, you know, things that have happened that have been highly entertaining and, you know, some really good storylines as well that have come out of it. Yeah, definitely. And uh, of course, we will still be recording the passing shot, um, regardless of uh, there being no live tenders to speak of. So I hope you can join us uh, for a future episode. As always, if you have enjoyed listening to us, remember to subscribe to us on the podcasting platform that you listen to us on. Uh, whether that's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, yeah, whatever it is you're you're listening to us on. And if you are listening to us on Apple Podcasts and you are enjoying the show, make sure to leave us a rating and a comment. Uh, we would really uh, appreciate that. Uh, but for now, uh, thanks for listening to this episode, to this quiz episode uh, from The Passing Shot. And uh, we'll see you again uh, soon. Thanks for listening and goodbye. 